Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the show. We're so glad to have you today. However you're joining us, uh, we really appreciate you being here. Just to give you a little insight about being uncomfortable, don't think that we're un- that we're comfortable when we're recording this podcast every day. It is hot in Texas right now. I'm talking about temperatures getting up to 100 degrees. It's that time of year. And just to to let's break it down a little bit what we do sitting in this room. This room's in my shop and it does not have an air conditioned unit. So, we have a little temporary sit on the floor type AC unit that pipes out the window, but it's loud. In order to record, we have to turn the AC off. It makes too much noise. So, the entire time that we're sitting here talking to you out there, you listeners sitting in your car, listening on your, your headphones right now, we're sweating. Mm. <laughs> it starts down the neck, runs down the back, and you know where it goes from there. Then you, <laughs> then you can't get rid of it. <laughs> and it is uh, set the precedent for the day. So. That's right. It's kind of like a morning workout, you know. We, I like it. We, uh, Except we're not burning any calories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we Welcome talk- to the uncomfortable truth. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about mindset a lot. We just wanted you to know that we're playing our role. Exactly. We, if we're going to be the Uncomfortable Truth podcast, we need to live that. So it's not really a role that I want to continue playing. No, this playing. is not by choice. <laughs> yeah. It's more just uh, It's out of necessity, right? For sure. It, we'll upgrade at some point, but um, that day's not today, and we're going to sweat until it happens. There there you go. I like it. Obi's going to open us up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for... Uh, our families. I thank you for loving us, and I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, so that we can have an opportunity to come to heaven one day and walk the streets of gold. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this podcast and this platform that you've given us. I pray that you will use us through it to glorify you in a profound way, Lord. Uh, I thank you for each one of these men. I thank you for what they mean to me, Lord. And uh, Lord, again, we just thank you for your grace and mercy and pray you'll walk with us through the rest of this week and watch over and be with us throughout this podcast. We ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Obi. So this is Brandon, and uh, I get the pleasure of telling a story today and uh, opening up our conversation. You know, as we have grown in this podcast, and um, I, I, I feel... Like, it's very important to say this because it really has baffled me to uh, think about this. The requirement of energy needed to be set apart from anything in the standards of our world today is very minimal. Okay? And let me give you a few examples. So, customer service, if someone picks up the phone and gets back to you within an hour, we're pretty pumped. Yeah. Nowadays. Uh, if you ask for insight on a job that maybe you're bidding and then somebody calls you back and comes over and gives you a bid and then does what they say they're going to do on that bid, that person's set apart and they're going to brag on them and share their information. 
So when we're thinking about being set apart, um, the standards have been lowered a lot, I think, in the world today. Um, and that is, this is not trying to make anyone feel bad. It's uh, going to circle back around. But first, I want to tell a story and uh, kind of tie that into to God's just amazing love for us. So seven years ago, um, I am driving, my wife and I, and one of our little knuckleheads, uh, the third to be exact, to the hospital uh, to have a regular checkup. They're seven days old, and they're fussy, and things are um, seem normal. We've had two others that didn't like the car seat at a young age and cried every time we put them in it. And uh, for those of you who live in hot summer uh, states, there's nothing like putting a screaming baby in a car seat in 100 degrees in Texas. Okay, no matter how cold your AC is, it uh, can get uncomfortable in a hurry. So we head to the hospital. Uh, my wife, Leah, is having a routine checkup. I stay out to change uh, the baby uh, diaper, and then I'm bringing said baby in. And um, I'm going to kind of give you the high points very quickly. Uh, he goes to his pediatrician, and I'm moving the vehicle, and Leah calls me in a panic, and something's not right. Okay. Um, I'll make it back to the room. It's all kind of in a similar area where there's an ER and a doctor where Leah's visiting and another uh, doctor's office where uh, our son's being checked on. And I walk in the room, and, guys, he is a gray limp noodle. I mean, really, at seven, eight days old, okay? Uh, he looks dead. Now, I'm going to be blunt because I can handle it now. I couldn't have told the story two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. Uh, and something's not right. And I know all the doctors in there, the pediatricians and my wife, and on their face I can tell, even though I don't have medical background, that it's not good. It's bad. And immediately, as a father, I think our natural tendency, because we're the provider and the protector, is what can I do to provide and protect? Well, there's not a whole lot when you're not a medical expert. Okay? So I'm trying to just be helpful wherever I can. Long story short, we end up going to Dallas. Um, it, it seemed like it was an eternity to get there. Uh, and Did you take a helicopter ride? I didn't take a helicopter ride. Uh, Leah and uh, Lincoln, that, that's uh, our third child, they took a jet ride, and I drove uh, to meet them at Children's Hospital. And throughout all of that, Lincoln was required where he needed open-heart surgery, and there were a lot of moving pieces going on because he also had strokes, uh, a, a blood stroke and an oxygen stroke, which is not very common for children, and he needed to have uh, open-heart surgery, basically, and have several things repaired on his heart and uh, his valves and chambers and things like that. Um, so at one point, many times early on, it was unknown if Lincoln was going to make it. The reason that this story is uh, relevant today is kind of two reasons. One, today is Lincoln's seventh birthday, and uh, we call him Stinkin' Lincoln. And if you know him, you know that God meant what he said when he said in the Bible, wonderfully and uniquely made, because there ain't another one like him. <laughs> uh, not even close. Lincoln is a one of a kind. Like right now, at this moment, if you can envision a child, he's lost teeth backwards, like out of order, not anywhere close to the end of the child. He has one buck tooth dead center. 
right now <laughs> that's a baby tooth. Okay, and it fits him. You're like, that's Lincoln. <laughs> he and reminds it, me of Courtney's 99-year-old grandpa. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> and he's seven. So throughout all of that challenging time, okay, I'm able to wake up this morning and praise the Lord, okay, because we have a healthy uh, kid in comparison to Shane saw him when he had wires coming out of everywhere. His They left his chest open, which was a craziest thing I've ever seen. We were able to see his little baby heart beating. Wow. Um, all of these things. And it got me, it kind of brought together where I was going with my uh, thoughts today anyway. Um, last night we were listening to someone um, – speak at church it wasn't the preacher he's gone to a um, GA camp with a lot of our young ladies from our church and he said something that just like Lee and I both were teared up and we could you could just feel the impact of what he's saying so I'm going to say a part of a verse and I'm going to ask you guys to tell me what's missing okay for God loved the world that he gave his only son okay what am I missing at the beginning? I'm missing a word. So, 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 okay. That little bitty word in the Bible. Remember, every word in the Bible is true, and it has a meaning, always. So this gentleman that was speaking to us last night, he emphasized it. So he comes back after we re- recognize that so is missing, and he says, let me say it this way. For God so loved the world. So that word means extremely intense just from the depth and the pit of your of your being and think about when you use the word so i am so exhausted or i am so excited our kids use that word all the time i don't know if y'all it's it's like they know how that's the exclamation the emphasis i'm so bored exactly (laughs) never hear that do you a little bit as lee and i were um getting ready to go to bed last night and talking, she said, you know, she brought it up and we were talking about it and it just kind of all dawned on me together that when we read that verse, which is, you could, you could share Jesus with that verse for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It also implies that if you don't believe, you will perish. That's a whole another podcast for another day. Okay. But the thing that just like broke my heart in thinking of that is, is that we had perfection when God created the world. Then we had sin, Adam and Eve. So then the world was bound to decay basically over time. Okay. Then God chose, chose, okay, to give his son or the death of his son, and let him walk this earth. Not for guarantees. That's really what I want to talk about today. But for the potential of us to choose him. So when I think about Lincoln's story, I put myself in the shoes of being a father and going, would I give up my son in this very stressful, uh, worrisome, heartbreaking moment where we don't know what's going to happen? for the potential of anyone to be better off? I know the answer is 100% no on the potential. I don't even know if the answer would be yes if it was a guarantee. And that's how much God loves us. He so loved the world. And I, 
I don't have a, a, a profound question. I really just want to discuss how does that hit you? Cause it knocked me like I could just feel the whole room recognizing when he, and he, you know, he was like, and so, you know, he so loved the world that he did this. Okay. He loved us that much. So just curious what y'all's thoughts are on that. And let's just see where it takes us. You know, my thoughts are I've, I've never felt like I've been able to fully grasp the love, um, you know, that, that I, that the Lord, it, it, just the, the, the mercies and the grace that he gives me and, and he gives the people that, that I see that just so do not deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, we just do not, we do not deserve the grace and mercy that we get on a day in and day out, sometimes hour in, hour out basis with our, you know, our, our nature is sin. Our nature is to do evil things to, uh, our nature is to not love, you know, and, 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 and to be selfish and jealous and envious. And, mm-hmm. and yet he still has this love where he, he so loves us, mm-hmm. you know, he so loves us. And just the, uh, you know, to, to, to really com- com- comprehend the, the way that he loves us is, it, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't really wrap my mind around it. Um, you know, everybody, you think about the way you love your kids, you know, you think about the decisions and the choices that you make based off of their actions. And it's not the same, uh-uh. you know, <laughs> it, it's just, it's not the same, you know, and, and, you know, they make an, they make a choice and, and then you react and, and our instinct is not to react in a way that would emulate Christ. It it is not to immediate. I mean, so I think in in those moments where, if we are trying to align ourselves with the Lord and we're trying to, um, you know, live in a way where we're emulating Christ, we're more apt, you know, to to react in those moments with grace and mercy, but. It's just even 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 in those moments, and knowing that you have a relationship with the Lord, you still, our nature is still to react in a non-Christ-like way, and so I just, that's that's kind of what whenever you're talking about, I think about, you know, I think about people that say, you know, whenever you think about, you know, you've heard growing up in church, and at least I have, you know, when you think about uh, how much the Lord loves us and how Christ loves us, and and just imagine, you'll 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 slightly understand one day when you have children. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear you hear that mm-hmm. that uh, comparison, you know, throughout your life, and then and then you have kids, and you and it does, it really does open your eyes because you're like, wow, I never knew I could love something this much, and mm-hmm. and He loves me more than this, you know, and 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 that's just really, it's a difficult thing to wrap your mind around yeah. for me. I agree. You know? And you're talking about kids and. We're uncomfortable and we're truthful here. We try to be as best we can. When my, I'm just, I'm just going to call it like it is for me. When my kids do things that make me proud, it's easier for me to love them. All right. When they don't, 
I'm not I'm not feeling those love you no strings attached feelings. Yeah. You know, and that that's the only way I can compute how much he loves me. Yeah, even when you're when you're doing evil yes. things that are, you know, we're born with that nature of evil of of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, he still loves you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's a great way to look I at know. it though, No, I don't yeah. as human beings, I just don't think that it's even possible for us to to fathom uh, that type of love, you know, you, you, we love our children, you know, more than anything mm-hmm. uh, unconditionally, you know, at least all, most people do, mm-hmm. you know, there's some people that have nothing to do with their children, you know, but it's super interesting to think about that profound love and what it really means because like we run into people all the time that we don't know and we don't love those people, but he does, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, we, the, clo- the, the closest thing is our own children. That's the only thing that we can even come close to even comparing or understanding, yeah. um, you know, that type of love. So I don't know if we're supposed to be able, able to fully understand it. Um, yeah. I don't I, know. I, Lee and I had this kind of dove off into that last night. And I think as believers, once we have accepted him into our heart, it, I think it simplifies it on, in one way. To your point, Sean, the beauty of knowing Christ and trying to live a Christ-like life is knowing that I can't ever do that fully. My actions are going to always fail him in some way, and I have the choice to ask for forgiveness because that's given to us after we accept him, and we can have the ultimate redo. I mean, honestly. Right. And then the other side of it is, is that faith piece that... I, for me, I have always been able to be, at, this is a blessing, to be able to be at peace with things I don't understand because I know Jesus. Right. Not everybody is like that. Some people, I'm thinking of a dear friend of mine, some people want proof, black and white, on paper, no questions asked before it confirms their actions. But that compromises faith. That, exactly. You know, yeah, it doesn't require faith. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I think Sean's point of, and yours, Obi, of never fully grasping it. That makes sense to me that we can't and and we shouldn't be able to. Right. Because if we could, then we're getting up there at a level that we're never be able to be. Exactly. So I think about how if we can never fully grasp it, we that's that's a consensus here. We can't fully grasp the power of God, period or the power of his love specifically, what do we do to grow that love? And I think it all boils down to our relationship, and as our relationship grows with the Lord, we begin to understand more about him and how he loves us. It's to cor- to try to correlate that on, try to articulate something, I may mess it up, but with our kids, we know how much we love them. We would do anything, anything for them. And you guys listening out there, I'm sure you would do anything for your kids. But there's, you know, that they can't really grasp that at a young age. And that you can do anything for them and everything for them as far as loving is concerned. And they might not grasp it until 
they get older and you actually start to build a relationship with them that's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the Two effort way. now the effort that they're putting in to build that relationship is also growing the relationship because you're both putting in that effort. And God's always putting in that effort. And we just have to reciprocate. Any good and perfect thing comes from him. And what we're what we're given is only from him. And so we're only reciprocating the love that we receive from God. And when we begin to reciprocate that over and over and over to him and to others around us, the effort we put in is it will te- will teach us more about his love. Yeah, the thing that jumped jumped out to me there is that and I had this thought coming over here and I didn't know if it would fit in, but it just the same the one heart emotionally speaking that we have is the heart that can be jealous, disappointed, angry, upset, but it's also the heart that can show grace, passion, respect, forgiveness, grace. It can't do both simultaneously. It can't do the good and the bad at the same time. So God is, although we know God is a jealous God and he wants our love, you know, but he, he would never make us, okay? Daily, I think, what you know, to kind of add to what Shane's saying, is we have the opportunity, uh, as one sweet lady prayed in our church the other night, and it just got brought up last night, and I loved it. She made a very clear point during her prayer to say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to bring our troubles and worries and concerns to you. Okay? Thank you for always being there so I can approach you. All right? Now, as a parent, I know I've got a lot of work to do there as a husband because I'm not always approachable. I'm not always open arms and the things that matter the most or should. And I think when I think about this whole topic today, the thing that keeps jumping out at me is no strings attached. There's no strings attached to having a relationship with God. Right. You know what I mean? It's and, and with every relationship that we have in our lives, there's strings attached. Absolutely. I mean, whether we want to admit it or oh, not. Yeah, you're I right. Mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to admit it, but you're spot on. I That's mean, exactly obviously I our goal is to have friendships and to have relationships within our, within our families where there is absolutely no strings attached. And that's, that's, I feel like that, um, personally, Mm -hmm. I feel like in, in a lot of, um, in a lot of the relationships that I have, I, I, I don't know. I feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, at at least I, I try to convince myself that I feel that way. Um, you know, just, in my in my attempt and my my ultimate goal to try and emulate the Lord and 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 walk you know through this life the way that that He did, um, but you're right. I mean, there's just no strings attached. Um, it's hard to even like fathom that with our relationship with the Lord, right? It really is. He just wants us to love Him and follow Him and tell others about Him. And I'm gonna uh, flip 
flip the script a little bit and kind of change, take a little right hand turn, um, just on something that's been on my mind and, and all this talk about our kids and our relationship with our kids and, um, just that interaction, um, that cause and effect all of, all of the parenting, um, you know, that, that we're talking about today has got me thinking about just some stuff that Amy and I've been talking about and just in, in rearing our kids and raising our kids and, and, and trying to raise them to love the Lord and, and in doing that, trying to, um, give them all of the character traits that they need to win in this life to kick to kick every day in the face, you know, and, and you think about, uh, we've been talking about here lately, um, you know, when you really sit down, uh, you know, we've got a, we've got a 20 year old, um, you know, who's just enlisted in the Navy. He's, he's leaving in December to go, um, you know, to Chicago to boot camp. And you think about, uh, you, just naturally, I think when your kids get that age, you start to think about what you did wrong mm. and and what you could have done better. And, um, you know, and and uh, I'm not one to be ne- negative. You know, I'm, I'm not a pessimistic person. So when we go down that road, I, I like to try and point out the things that we did positive too. You know, so it, it's – but at the same time, you can't help but – be hard on yourself whenever you maybe see a shortcoming or uh, something that, you know, you wish you would have instilled more in or whatever that case may be. I mean, we all, we're, we're all going to be at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and it got me to thinking about all of the parents that have done those things that have, that have truly raised their kids in, um, you know, in a way that would honor the Lord and had them in church and, we're trying to really do everything that they can to help their kids um, increase their their child's likelihood of beating life because we know that life beats a lot of our children. It and 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 then when they get into adult life into their adult life, it continues to beat them, and sometimes they just don't they don't catch they don't it just continues to kick them in the face and, and, and they're not kicking back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they take on drug addiction or they take on, um, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, I mean, they, uh, they just can't, they can't do it. And, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, what separates those kids from the other kids and, and trying to, trying to draw a line in the sand so that we can make sure that we never cross it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, my first thought was, you know, just to, to, I was thinking I wanted to call my dad and just ask him what he felt like, you know, you know, the most important thing for him was when raising our kids, his kids. And, um, and not, not that, not that we kick the day in the face, uh, you know, every day, but, you know, I feel like that um, there's just a lot, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with that. And I would love to maybe have some more answers that I could help people with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, not that this is my topic, but I'm just curious what you guys think on that. You know, what, what, what is it that, that parents, um, you know, 
you look at it from the outside and yeah, you don't know everything going on in that house, mm-hmm. you know, but you look at it from the outside and you think these guys were, you know, raised just like I was. These, these ladies were raised just like our, our you know, our sister was, um, you know, what, what took root to change their trajectory and their path, their, their path in life? I think that the first thing is, is that we all have free will. And that's the, the beauty of God's love for us. And I think the devil loves to bog us down with regret. Because the longer we stay there, the further down that rabbit hole we go and the darker it gets. And, you know, often with my children the devil tries to creep in and make me think things that I know are not from God. I know that. And I recognize that better now than I did even a year ago. And then it brings you back to the simple answer of being as close to the Lord as you possibly can. And when you don't get it right, you get that ultimate redo of Lord, please forgive me for where I failed. Give me a better heart to do this better tomorrow. And that's in anything, not just our kids. But at the end of the day, when I was 20 years old and my parents weren't with me every day, I had free will then. I would already, in the sense of I knew who God was, I knew that I could choose the path I was choosing, and they could still encourage me, but ultimately it was my choice. But the foundation, I think, is always important, and uh, I call it the lighthouse effect. Um, when we raise our children, and I used to use this in middle school all the time, they're going to be living in your lighthouse for a long time, 18, 19, 20 years, whatever the case may be. But did you make that light shine bright enough that when they do inevitably go away at some point, somewhere, some fashion, some distance, that they know that that is where the foundation was set ultimately in the Lord. And they can still, and see, they can the still light. see it. Sure. You know, and so I, it's that's always how I it. that, I'll just on this subject, and this is a whole other subject we can probably talk about for a solid hour. Yeah. But it's always been baffling to me, just real quick. I know we are kind of cut close on time, but it's always been baffling to me how you can have a a family, and I and I think it starts with having a mom and dad present. Okay, Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Whenever it comes to you know, you, you see kids from broken homes, you know, and I feel like this statistically, and I don't know this for a fact, but uh, statistically you probably have more kids that go to prison and this and that coming from broken homes as opposed to um, families where there's a mom and dad present. I feel like it starts with God and then that. Um, but it's always been baffling to me how you'll have like four siblings. Three of them are as solid. I mean, just like as the day is long, and uh, and then you have the fourth one that uh, is in and out of rehabs and on drugs and uh, just can't do anything right, and uh, all raised by the same yeah. parents in the same house. Sure, that, you know. So then you automatically self-examine, and you're like, "Wow, what am I doing?" I mean, we don't want our youngest to be like this, or and our oldest to be like this. What can we do different? I think it's it's human nature, and that's a good thing, you know, um, for us to to really look into that really, really hard and, and to turn to scriptures and, and look at other families and people because what's always baffling, what's also baffling to me is how you can take, it's 
you take one family and they raise and they're next door neighbors and they raise uh, leaders and doctors and lawyers. And then you take the very next door neighbor and every one of their children are just, uh, you know, um, sadly, you know, just life just kicks them. Yeah, I mean, big time. I mean, they can't hold a job. They never went to college. They never uh, did anything in education. You know, it just. I don't know. It's crazy. I, or they were high school dropouts or, or you know, they quit. And uh, and I don't want to label anybody because, no. hey, I know high school dropouts uh, that own 14 businesses right now. So, you know, I understand there's always extreme circumstances, but it's just baffling to me. Well, as parents with young children, it it's very intriguing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean – we're we're always looking for better ways for to to make sure that we instill those values in our yes. kids that that they're going to need to strengthen them and that they know where their strength comes from and it mm-hmm. comes from the Lord and and we're we're always we we see these people in our church we see these people in our lives every day and and you know we want to we want we want the best for our kids. You know, yes. it's it's just a natural thing to want the best for our children. So, I just think that it's a great topic, and I yeah. didn't mean to spin no, off. No, of, I, I think it's excellent. You know, it just made I, I've been thinking about it. Um, you know, and it just you're like you said, Sean. It's baffling. You'll you'll have three people in the same house, and one one take, you know, two take the road less traveled, and one takes the broad path. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, we can. Uh, dive into that at a later date maybe go into the psychology of raising raising kids uh we want to thank you for joining us today and uh bible verse of today is john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that you shall have everlasting life appreciate you listening if you would uh subscribe and share Uh, it'll help us reach more people for jesus go out and kick the day in the face and we'll catch you on the next one